Last Monday, as I was preparing for the Monday morning encounter to minister, the Lord gave me an acronym for the word HELP. HELP. H-E-L-P. And the acronym is H for is E. Everlasting. Ever, sorry. Is everlasting presence. Is everlasting presence. That when you have the help of God, you have is everlasting presence. And if anyone has the presence of God, it doesn't matter what is going on around you. When you have the help of God, you can be sure that you can surmount your mountain. And you can trust God that that which looks like a mountain before you will become a testimony. And I pray that that will be our portion as his children. That whatever challenges we are going through right now, the Lord will turn them to be testimonies in our lives in Jesus' name. The Lord is calling our attention to a topic this morning that I call help out of spiritual recession. Help out of spiritual recession. In other way, if I want to use the word help again, I say is everlasting presence out of spiritual recession. We need the help of God to come out of spiritual recession. But before we look into that, what's the meaning of the word recession? A simple dictionary definition, dictionary meaning says, recession is the act of receding or withdrawing. When you recede or you withdraw, it gives an idea of a backward movement. When you are not making progress instead of going forward, when you go back, we can call it recession. Now, if there is a word that has become a household name in Nigeria today, it's what? Recession. Everywhere you turn to, there is recession. Recession. And particularly, there's what we call economic recession in the land. Economic recession. I read sometimes ago in the newspaper that, the, I mean, the Nigeria as a country, we have been on the highway to recession for many years right now. But as a government, it wasn't up to maybe second quarter or maybe third quarter this year that the government actually came out categorically to say that Nigeria is now technically on <laughs> in recession. Just about sometimes around the third quarter this year. Now, I am not a, an economist, and I'm not an accountant, I'm not, I'm not a financial expert that can talk about the economy or economic recession. But when the Lord laid this passage in my mind, and this topic particularly, spiritual recession, I began to think how God can help us to draw a kind of parallel between economic recession and spiritual recession. That we're, I mean, in the land right now, we are going through economic recession. How God can help us to just oppose the two and see what God really wants us to learn from it. So I started reading about economic recession, everything available to me, and I called one of my childhood friends to ask him questions. He's a, he's a financial expert, to ask him questions about what is economic recession. And then, of course, here in Ikoyu Baptist Church, we have many financial experts, those who can talk about the economy. And I said, God, I need to just gather more information. I called Mrs. Agosto. I said, I need your help. Can you help me about economic research? And he said, okay, yes, uh, Pastor, I can help you, but let me also talk to my husband, who is an expert when it comes to 
economy. And of course, since I've also listened, I've also watched on the television one of the days that the government needed something and Mr. Ogoso's name was mentioned. I said, wow, that's a very good one. So she had to talk to her husband and say, okay, let me forward this information. So join together with the information I got from my childhood friend, the ones I have read and the one they forwarded to me. I said, wow, by the time I got through with reading all these things, I should be qualified for, to be a chartered accountant. Because I had so many things. But you know, I had to look at what exactly I needed to pick that would relate to the topic that God has placed upon my heart. Because when you ask me to talk about recession, what do I know about recession? The only thing I know about recession is that we sing recessional hymn every Sunday. That's what I know about recession. So I'm not qualified to talk about that. So I have to sit down to read these things and see what God can communicate to us about spiritual recession. When we sing recessional hymn on Sunday, it, it doesn't mean that we are going away from God's presence. We are just saying that we are going out of this former organized worship that we have had together. Then we are retiring to the valley of action. So this morning, the Lord is speaking to us about spiritual recession. So from what was given to me, and I want to claim anything, if, if you don't have adequate information about what I'm going to share, it's not because they didn't give me enough information. It's that they gave me so many things, I had to bring out what I think will be germane to the topic that is before us today. And so from that, I have a simple layman's definition of what you can call economic recession. Can I have it on the board? Economic recession, a period of decline in trade or economic activity, usually noticeable for two consecutive quarters. And what this definition tells me is that by the time you notice a decline in trade and economy of a country, and it follows for two consecutive quarters, that is going downward, the economy going downward, for two consecutive and the same trend going backward, then you can say the country is in a recession. But what are pointers to an economy that is in recession? Number one, when there is a decline in GDP, what is GDP? Gross domestic products. When you talk about gross domestic products, it has to do with the monetary value of all the finished goods and services when there is a decline. And I'm taking us somewhere. Number two, another pointer to an economy, a country that is on, in recession is what there, there's a decline in economic activity across the economy. And in the economy, we have both the manufacturing and non-manufacturing sectors. When you have a decline in production level, when you have a decline in business activities, when business opportunities are no longer there, but they are going downward at a very fast rate. When there's a general rise in prices of goods and services, because the ones that are available, they cannot really go out. They cannot really go around. And particularly in a country like Nigeria, whereby we depend on foreign goods. Everything coming, coming, then we consume, but we are not producing for other people to benefit from. Then we begin to suffer economic recession. Number three, when there's a decline in income and profits as recorded by business, that's another pointer to a country that is in a recession. 
Number four, when there's decline in government revenue, when you are not having enough to pay salary. There are, there, are, there are states in Nigeria that have not paid salary for more than a year. I hope you are aware of that. So, when governments are not able to pay salary, there's decline in government revenue. The last one that I pick is when you have job losses. Number five, job losses. People losing their job. People losing opportunities to be gainfully employed. It's another pointer to a, an economy that is in recession. But out of all this, there are two words that I want us to pay attention to in this message. And I want to emphasize the first word is consecutive. Consecutive. It gives me an idea that economic recession is not a sudden thing. It's not something that happens overnight. It doesn't happen over. It is systematic and it is systemic. It is something that happens gradually. Gradually. That if you don't pay attention to it, then it overruns us. It is a pattern that goes on. Another word that I want us to pay attention to is the word decline. Synonyms for the word decline means drop, deterioration, shortage, degeneration. So the word decline gives us an idea of a reduction, not meeting up to a particular standard that is expected. But I'm here to tell you this morning that recession can happen in any area of our lives. Recession can happen in somebody's health. Recession can happen in somebody's relationship. Recession can happen in economy. And there's also what we call spiritual recession. In the issue of humanity, the first ever form of recession that is recorded is not economic recession. The first type of recession that is recorded in humanity is spiritual recession. And I can take you to the book of Genesis to see that. And I'm going to emphasize that later on. What you see in the book of Genesis is that God created man and placed him in a garden. Genesis chapter 2. But when he got to chapter 3, the story changed. I'm going to talk about that in a short while. But if you look at Romans chapter 3 verse 23, tells us something. What does it tell us? For all have sinned and do what? I want us to read it together. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does it mean to fall short? A decline. Eh? Moving below the standard. The Greek word for fall short or come short is usterio or what you call it means that which is behind. That which is a deficit. That is also connoted what we call penury or poverty today. It gives an idea of someone that is like on this kind of platform that we are and the person falls down but the person wants to come up again but cannot come up, cannot help himself and he's stretching his hands. That's what the, the Greek word, the understanding gives us. It gives a an idea of someone that is in poverty. Someone that cannot help himself or cannot help herself. It means anyone that is on, still under the Adamic covenant is on spiritual recession. All have seen and fall short. When the economy of a country falls short, when it's no longer going forward and it's withdrawing, 
is going to economic recession. And the same thing too, God is pointing our attention to this morning. When the life of a Christian is falling short of God's standard, falling short of God's glory, that life is going through a period of spiritual recession. In the text that was read to our hearing, that's Jeremiah chapter 2, we see something that was told by the house of Israel here. God was addressing his people, the children of Israel, the house of Israel, through the prophet Jeremiah, calling their attention to what is happening in their life. And so when you look at verses 1 to 3, it talks about their past record. Their past record. He gave a vivid picture of what has happened in their life. And the first one, when you look at verse 2 of that passage that we read, or that was read to us, is that, I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago. I remember how you were eager. That's what this transition that I'm reading, New Living Transition says. I remember how eager you were to please me. So in their past record as a nation, God had a record that they were eager to please him. And I love the imagery that is used in this passage. is that of a bride. And I thank God that I have those who have been married here for many years in this sanctuary. A, a bride eager to please her husband. Right from courtship. You know, the couples to be, they want to please each other. They want to do everything. If you say, okay, we have a date, we have to go somewhere. Most of the time, when they are on courtship, what do you think happens? We will have prepared. The lady will have woken up, taken her bath, get ready for the man to come. And the man too will want to come to her. I don't want to disappoint my fiancé or my fiancé. But my question is, after they are married for many years, what do you think happens? Do they still feel the same way? Are they still eager to please each other? They are always eager to give a call during the day when they are in courtship. How are you doing today? I just want to hear your voice. But you can ask, ask the person to your right to your left. They have been married for you. Do they still do the same thing up to today? If one has not eaten, the wife is at home. You want to, I want to wait for him to come back before I eat. After how many years now? Do they still do the same thing? I remember when we just got married. I will go to work to minister in the morning and I will come back home. I will still be waiting for him. I have not eaten. You have not eaten. Me, I have eaten. No. <laughs> you better eat. Me, I have eaten. No. That shows the love of the bride to her husband. And I really appreciate that. that wow. The eagerness to please the other. We are talking about the past record. The second one is their undeniable love for God. And since we are still talking about the imagery of a bride, their love for God. What do you think happens between husband and wife who are really in love? Who are in love? They want, they want to show it. They want to express it. Let me ask you this morning. What are some things that newlyweds they love to do together in public? What are the things? Somebody say hold hands. They want to hold hands together. Please, if you are seated with your spouse, they hold the hand of your spouse. If you are seated with him or her. They love to hold hands. They are not ashamed to do that in public, Abby. 
they go from one place, they hold hands together. But let me ask you, do you still hold hands together like that today? In public? Huh? We still do that? Lovely. I think another thing they love to do together, they, like, they love to walk together. Please, our daddies and mommy, please, don't be offended. Can you stand with your wife or with your husband? Please stand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God, God bless you. The Lord will honor you. Can you hold the hand of your wife and just take a, a walk around this sanctuary now? Just take a walk around. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah. In fact, Dr. Isaac is uh, not just holding, but uh, calling our wife. And that's wonderful. Wonderful. We love to express this love to each other. To show that, you know, I'm in love with this babe. You hold hands together and you move together. Newlyweds. But let me ask you, do we still do that today? I'm not saying that holding hands and working together means that they are in good relationship all the time. I'm not saying that. I've seen people that they will fight and do everything, but they, when they, once they enter car, we are going to church, we settle the fight. We come to church, but after, after church, they go back to the same way. But that's not what God wants for us. But what I'm trying to say is that those who are newly married, they love to be with each other. They love to hold hands. They love to go out together. Another thing people love to do, newlyweds in public, is that they kiss. Abby? Hello? People have become spiritual now. They are not responding. They kiss in public. Huh? Not in Africa, but in Africa, some people do it too. They are not ashamed to do it in public. But don't worry, I will not ask you to kiss now. You can use your own discretion if you want to kiss. What am I trying to say? They love to show it. And that's what God is saying concerning the children of Israel. They are undeniable love for God. They, they were good followers of God. Always going after God. Say They are always going after me. Anywhere people see me, they also see them around. Anywhere you see the husband, you see the wife. Because remember one of the things, one of the images that is used in the Bible for the church of God that we are the bride of, we are the bride of Christ. And so God is telling his people that their past record, they love they love to walk with God. They love to move around with God. Another thing that is said about them in verse 3 is their holiness unto the Lord. Holiness was their trademark as a nation because God himself chose them to be a holy people. And Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6 will emphasize that to us. You are a holy people who belong to the Lord. The Lord chose them to be his own people. Holiness is another trademark. So the Bible is talking about this concerning their past record. This is what they are known for. They are known for their eagerness to please God. They are known for their sincere love towards God. They are known for, their, for being good followers of God. They want to be with God. They follow God. They listen to his word. Even in the wilderness, they want to follow him. Holiness unto the Lord. But you know what? All this became old story when they went on spiritual recession. And so we can see later records. Signs of spiritual recession. 
And I want to list some of them from this passage that we have read this morning. What are signs that someone is in a spiritual recession? Number one, the Bible says they forsook the Lord. Verse 5. They forsook the Lord. They forsook the Lord. The Bible says they have gone far from me. What does it mean to forsake the Lord? To abandon everything that has to do with God. Say, God, you're on your own. God, don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. And is that, how, is that, is that not how some Christians do today? They forsake God. Now, to forsake God is to re- disregard his instruction. That when God gives you an instruction, you disregard it and say, God, even though you have said it, but I choose who what to do for myself. And that's what happened in Genesis chapter 3. About Adam and Eve. God gave them instruction. Eat everything, but for this one, do what? Do not touch. Every other thing you are allowed to do, but for this one, it's a no-go area for you. But you know, the devil came and through Eve, Eve disobeyed God, and of course, the husband also disobeyed God. And if you remember the message that was preached to us by Reverend Mr. Adebuega some Sundays ago, the picture that the Bible gives us is not the fact that the husband was away somewhere. So he gave to the husband that was with her. So we shouldn't blame Eve and say, okay, women are the one causing problem. The man was also there. To forsake God means to disregard the instruction God gave to them. But if you look at Genesis chapter 2, oh, look at the kind of relationship between God and Adam. God created everything and brought everything to Adam and said, give them names. And the Bible says, it is the name that Adam gives to them. That's what they are called up to today. It shows a kind of cordial relationship between God. But how do I know that they went on spiritual recession? After they sinned, a day came and God was coming. The Bible says they were hearing the sound. They were hearing the sound. Look at verse, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Please give us Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. When the cool, of, cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God Almighty among the trees. Verse 9. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Give me that in King James, please. King James. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? So it was God that was looking for Adam. Verse, 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 verse 8. Sorry, verse 10. Verse 10, please, verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was what? I was afraid. I was afraid. And I did what? I hid myself. There's a translation that I read and said, they were withdrawing. Don't forget the definition of what we call recession at that time. It's to me what? To decline, to withdraw, to go back. So at this point, they were on a kind of recession, spiritual recession. Whenever we disobey God, whenever we disregard this instruction, it's a sign that we are undergoing a spiritual recession. When there's a withdrawal, a decline from what God as meant for us to be. But you know, somebody can say here this morning, that is about Adam and Eve. 
Are we not also disobeying God today? Those who disobey God's instruction today, let me show you an area that where we disobey God. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark eleven twenty-five. Mark eleven twenty-five. Says, and when you start stand praying, do what? Can I hear you? Forgive. If you have ought against any, that your father also which is in heaven may do what? May forgive your trespasses. If you are reading the red letter edition of the Bible, this is Jesus Christ that was speaking here. He said, when you stand praying, do what? Forgive. That is God's instruction. But do you know that are Christians today, they come to pray, they have a forgiving spirit in their hearts. Somebody that has offended them five years ago, they are still keeping it here. Somebody that has done something wrong to them many years ago, it's in their heart. But we say, when you come to pray, your offering will not be acceptable unto God. You may drop your offering, but they are not acceptable to God. You must do what? Forgive. Forgive. Turn to your neighbor and say, forgive. Forgive. Say one more time, forgive. So when we disobey God and we don't forgive, and we keep, we keep malice in our heart, we keep somebody in our heart, then we are going against what God has given us or his instruction to us. I am not here to judge anybody this morning, but clearly from the word of God, if you have unforgiving spirit in your heart, you are in a spiritual recession because you are disobeying what God has asked you to do, to forgive. Another sign of spiritual recession is what I see in verse 5. The Bible said they became idolaters. They started worshipping other things, consulting other things apart from the living God. And that violates Exodus chapter 20 verse 3. Thou shalt have no other God beside me. Thou shalt have no other God beside me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Another sign of spiritual recession is to be involved in idolatry. Somebody here this morning will say, ah, thank God, that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an idol worshiper. Ah, no, no, I'm not. I don't worship idol. Because to them, idolatry means putting one red palm oil and putting it on the head of a, an image or pouring it on the, on the stone somewhere in the corner. Hello? 21st century idolatry is beyond that. It has gone technical. It has gone computerized, digitalized. It was in those days that you go to the bush, one village, to see Habalis. Right here in the city. Huh? They live where? They live in mansions. In fact, they have laptops today. They connect to the internet. So what is really idolatry in our own time? Idolatry is not just about putting palm oil on an object. Idolatry as a form of worship is anything that you dedicate time to. Anything that you consistently respond to. Or anything that has taken priority in your life over God. Anything that you give special attention to, apart from God, has become idolatry. And let me ask us this morning, what are those things that have taken priority? You know, your own idol may be your time. Your own idol may be your money. Your own idol may be your work. 
that you don't have time for God again. Everything is about work, 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 work. You don't consult with God again. That's what the Bible says concerning them. They, don't, they no longer consulted with God. They were doing their own things. They were worshiping Baal in their own time. But what are you worshiping today? What do you worship today? Or who do you worship today? Worship is anything that you dedicate time to. You consistently respond to. And anything that has taken priority over God in your life. For Samson, a harlot became his idol. Samson was a covenant child. The Bible says he had a Nazarite vow over him. God blessed Samson with very wonderful strength. God, God brought him to begin the deliverance of his people from the Philistines. And of course, God used him mightily. He went everywhere. Do you know the time that Samson began to go awire? When he began to go on recession was when he started romancing the Philistines. He started establishing a relationship with them. So if you look at Judges chapter 16 verse 20, something happened. You know, he went to fight in Gaza. By the time he got there, the Bible said he lodged in the house of a prostitute and he slept there. And so they gathered together and said, the man that have been, have been killing us is here. It's time to destroy him. When he woke up in the morning, the Bible said the first thing he did was he went to the city gate and removed the gates. And threw the gift. He took it up to the mountain and dropped it. And so they ran away and said, wow, this man is a very powerful man. Samson was a man that was used mightily by God. He tore lions into pieces. Samson was used by God to kill many Philistines. During this time, the Philistines were defeated. But when he started giving attention to other things that God has not given to him, he went on spiritual recession. Let me ask you today, what are you giving attention to apart from God? It doesn't matter the level of your anointing. It doesn't matter the level of your anointing of your pastor. When you begin to romance your own Delilah, your own harlot, then that man is on a way to spiritual recession. Verse 20. When the wife came to him and told him, Wow, Philistine, have tell me the secret of your power about three times. She kept asking. The harlot came. She kept asking. What is the secret? And he was telling that I didn't work. At the end of the day, he said, Okay, say, if you can shave my hair. After shaving the hair, the Bible says, I, 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 When he said, Philistines are here, he said, I will go as before. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Is the Lord still with you? Are you still living in past glory? You have done this great thing for the Lord in time past. Is the Lord still with you? Another sign of spiritual recession is they, the Bible says they suddenly forget what God has done for them. They forgot the one who brought them out of Egypt and led them to the wilderness. Have you forgotten what God has done in your life? Are you suffering from loss of memory for great and wonderful things God has done in your life? Maybe you are in a spiritual recession. And maybe I am also in a spiritual recession if I forget all the wonderful things God has done in my life. See, God took Saul, King Saul, from being nobody to be somebody. But he got to a point whereby he was so proud and he forgot where God picked him from. And the Bible says he was replaced. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. The Spirit of the Lord departed from him. Another thing I can see was someone that is in Spiritual recession is to misuse opportunities God has given unto you. The Bible says God brought them to a fruitful land to eat, but they entered the land and defiled the land. 
With all the wonderful things God has done, they enter the land and defy the land. We had a message last Sunday that says, we are soldiers of Christ. And wherever we get to, we must maintain order. And people must queue in that. Whenever we appear, they will know that the child of God has appeared. And things must be set in the right order. But what is happening to us as Christians today? Those who are called Christians are the ones defiling their places of work. May the Lord help us out of spiritual recession. In the mighty name of Jesus. You have committed two sins. They have abandoned God and they have involved in fruitless efforts. They are building all systems that cannot hold water for them. And of course, if you look at verse 9, the Bible says, I will bring charges against you. That is what God says. I will bring charges against you. You see, when your enemies are fighting you, you can run to God. But when God is fighting you, who do you run to? There's no one to run to. Quickly this morning, the Lord is challenging us. How do we come out of spiritual recession? Number one, know that God still loves you and is still interested in you. In spite of all that they have done, Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13 says, the Bible, God says, my people. You see, God still calls them my people. My people. They have done evil things. God is still interested in you. God still loves you and is still interested in you. Secondly, Ask God to show you where you miss it. Elisha asks in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 6, when the sons of the prophets came to him and said, this place is too small for us, let's move to Jordan and get some logs to build a place. And the Bible says, the servant was cutting the tree and the axe head fell inside water. The first thing that Elisha said, asked when he came, he said, where did it fall? And the same thing God is asking us this morning, where did you miss it? Because until you know where you are falling, you may not be able to know how to trace your step back. If you are going to come out of spiritual recession, you must commit spending time alone in God's word. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. If you are going to come out of spiritual recession, commit yourself to regular fellowship and worship with other believers. For the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Let me ask us this morning, what is your spiritual state? When we're talking about economic recession, something happening consecutively for two quarters. Two quarters is how many months? Six months. Let me ask you, what is your spiritual state in the last six months this year? Are you in the same place where you were six months ago? Are you withdrawing? Or you are getting close to God? This morning, God will want us to declare a state of emergency on our spiritual life. You have given attention to your family. You have given your attention to your business. You have given your attention to your investments. You have given attention to many other things this year. But do we give attention to our spiritual life? Do we give attention to our fellowship with God? Do we give attention to studying God's word? Do we give attention to hearing the voice of God? The basis for every form of recession is the spiritual recession. When we miss it in the spiritual, in spiritual way, spiritually, then we miss it. We go through economic recession. We go through earth recession. It's my prayer that God Almighty will help us this morning. But there is help in the house. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. 
a very present help in trouble. As we trust the Lord this morning to bring us out of spiritual recession, I want to let you know that there is help in the house. Let's close our eyes as we pray.